0: Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of To Every Minute Answer. Glad you've joined us. We always are. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour as we get together every weekday afternoon at this time, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events through a biblical perspective, and what we hear in church, is it even in the Bible at all? So if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, you've been reading the Bible on your own and come across something you don't understand completely, or... You see something that maybe somebody's asked you a question and it seems to be out of contradiction, please call us, 8888 ask CSN's the number to call. You can be part of the program today. We've got some lines open, so what are you waiting for? Give us a call. Again, 8888-ASK-CSN. Joining me today, special guest, featured CSN speaker comes on to after every minute and answer, Jeff Wickwire from Turning Point Church and also the featured radio show Hardwired. Hi and welcome, Jeff.
2: Well, Mike. Good to be with you today. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Always looking forward to sharing the Word of God answering Bible questions. And I believe it's going to be a great show. So looking forward to it.
0: Amen. Always a blessing to be with you. Looking forward to answering those questions as well. And uh, so many things going on in the world. All I can tell people is this. Keep looking up our redemption draws nigh. You know, when I look at all the things, and these are not just problems that really face just the United States, but it's a global problem now. More and more problems, no way out. Uh, You see the world mindlessly running after the world religion of climate change. Um, They said this is a pretty normal winter so far in the United States, as far as the uh, rainfall, snowfall, all these kinds of things. But... um, you know, then it then uh, no matter what happens, if it's if it's a normal year, it's climate change. If it's too hot, it's climate change. If it's too cold, it's climate change. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is now, because you see, they've got their whipping their whipping post now that they can always go to to uh, continue to enforce their their mythological ideas that they have and now oh, yes it is everybody i when i was in i was in eighth grade i remember a teacher that i had in social studies talking about carbon tax credits and i was sitting there going what well you see the developing nations they use the same air that the underdeveloped nations use and so we need to remunerate these poor countries because we're using their air I thought that was the stupidest thing I ever heard. And I remember the teacher explicitly saying this. We don't know how we're going to make the other countries, the developed countries of the world, give money to these nations, but we're going to work on something. And here we are with climate change. Yeah, you know, when you really examine it, Hey, everybody, a lot of this is messed up. You know, when people say, oh, climate change, oh, the, the oceans are rising. Yet the very people that are saying this are buying houses on beachfront property in California. All I can say is, you know, I think you're a liar. And and this is one of the great yeah. problems that we find. Jeff, it's incredible yeah. to me.
2: Yeah, and, and not only that, but they, they gallivant around the world in these private jets, Do all kinds of carbon emissions, and then land in these private jets and go do conferences where they tell us to uh, do something about climate change and cut back on carbon emissions and so on and so forth. Yet they just climbed out of a massive carbon-creating machine, and they go to get right back in it. They don't believe it. And, you know, Mike, I thought it was funny. Uh, you know, the inimitable squad, the Democrat, the squad is four women that are, that comprise the squad, and uh, one of them is AOC, um, and uh, oh, AOC is sort of the spokesperson for the squad, which tells you a lot. Um, she produced a movie uh decrying climate change, and uh, a movie designed to show the Horrible climate crisis that we're in. And, you know, uh, outlets like Rotten Tomatoes and these these other uh, critic, uh, critics that um, let you know whether or not you ought to go see a movie and they give it a rating. You know, they can give it a 40, they can give it a 60, they can give it an 80. They gave AOC's movie, I think, something like an 87 rating. Oh, God. And yet, Mike, it averaged on the opening weekend. $80 per theater. Yeah. it's $80 per theater. In other words, nobody, nobody was there. And then they interviewed some people coming out of the movie, you know, again, decrying the, the climate crisis. You know, a, a huge, you know, freak-out kind of movie. We're in huge trouble. The end of the world was in sight. You know, all of these alarmist things they always went to. But then... A lot of the people were interviewed that did come out that spent, you know, so 80 bucks. So four people, five people went in to see the movie per theater. And many of them said it was horrible. It was terrible. It was a waste of my money. So you see these kinds of things and you see that, I don't know, it seems to me a lot of our culture doesn't believe it, but it's the media people. And it's it's the primarily I want to say the Democrat Party, but I know a lot of Republicans buy into it, too. But except for the elitists of our country, the common folk don't seem to believe it. They don't seem to subscribe to it. And yet our government is spending billions upon billions and billions more of dollars to fix something that isn't even there.
0: Yeah, I know. It's 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 just amazing to me. And when you stop to think a volcano puts out more sulfur dioxide than human beings do in 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 decades in just one one episode and um well, you know, I think they ought to get some smog devices mounted on those volcanoes. That way we'll we'll control the climate change. Mm-hmm. And when you stop to really look at this, again, flying around the world in their Lear jets and their big jets, um yeah. Talk about hypocrisy.
2: John uh, Perry, she ah,
0: Terrible, terrible, terrible. It, it, and, and and does the American news media report on anything like this? Uh-huh. No. Why don't you report on the southern border that's going to destroy America? Yeah, why don't they, they talk about that? But no, they won't. You see, we are in an, a time in which we're headed for a one world order. The American news media is part of it. The Democratic Party, of course, Communist Party is part of it. And we we look at this, they're the ones that are allowing our borders to be overran. No country in the history of the world has ever survived with its borders overran. Friends, now, I just read yesterday, did you see this? Now all the 5 to 12, 15 million illegal people in our country Free health care for all of them now. Stupid yeah. Americans that still have a job that work and pay taxes. You're paying for these shenanigans. Again, as our current administration wages war on the American citizen, taking your taxes, giving it to people that never work for it. Friends, I'll tell you something. We, I think, are in the very twilight days of the United States of America. But I believe we're also in the twilight uh, days of, of what we would know as a free world. And, um, I didn't say it. The Bible did. The Bible says we're headed for a one world order order. And as quickly as they can, they're collapsing the American economy. You don't have to, you, you don't have to graduate from, 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 uh, uh, elementary school to know that you cannot continue the reckless, insane spending that our current administration's doing without it ending everything. Now you say, my wife, are you talking about this? Jesus said, when you begin to see these things, not only just local, but globally, look up your redemption draws nigh. Nations with perplexity, Jesus said. That means problems with no way out. And uh, that's what we're seeing right now. So redeem the time. Things that normally you would do, because, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Hey, listen, if God lays somebody on your heart to call and share about the gospel with them, I tell everybody everywhere, be about your father's business. So important in the days we're in. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Orlando on the lines, Fort Smith, Arkansas. Hi, welcome. Hello? Hi. Hi, how are you? How oh, good. How can we help? Hang on. normally...
1: How may we help? Sorry about that. Hey, I...
0: Have not... Hello. Yes. Are you there?
2: I think something needs to be fixed.
0: Yeah, we got something there. Um, are you there? One, Hello, two, three.
1: It. Yes. Hi. Okay. Trying to get my G- I'm on my phone and I'm trying to get my GPS to turn off. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Orlando, <laughs> how can we help? Talking to-
1: Man, uh, this is kind of a, a very childish question, I guess, but I was <laughs> something. Uh, I, I was just curious. I, I, I don't really understand, but um, it, there's a verse that says that uh, all three, all things are created through Jesus. Yes. And I, I was wondering when when he was on Earth, uh, how did was was it just like set into motion, or how did he create people while he was here, or, or how, how did
0: uh, how did that happen, I guess? <laughs> well, first of all, the Bible says he spoke this world into existence. And only God can do that. And when we really realize that everything we see is really invisible electrical particles around a, what we call the atom, proton, neutrons, uh, this, these energy fields, and it, yet it makes up what we know in a materialistic world. Now, when the Bible says all things were made by him, it's speaking of the original creation. And I believe that, again, when Jesus was born on this earth, we certainly see that this is so unusual that God stepped out of time and became part of his creation. And to me, that is such an amazing thing that a loving God would do, would be to, to and especially for the reason that he did, to suffer a gruesome death to die for our, in place of all of us— this to me is what's really astounding, Jeff. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, Jesus created. He was God spoke it. Jesus amended. The Holy Spirit executed it. Uh, everything created flowed through the fingertips of Jesus Christ. John said, John chapter one, you uh, verse two. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. So, Jesus Christ, God the Son, was integrally involved in the creation of all things. And that happened at the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, while he was on earth, he didn't create. He did heal. Uh, he delivered people. He healed them. He raised them from the dead. Uh, but he He did not create in, in that way. So, I think maybe, uh, Orlando, you're... Getting a little bit, uh, getting it mixed up as to what he did while he was on earth as our redeemer and what he did uh in uh, eternity past when uh, everything was made, created. Something out of nothing, ex nihilo, something out of nothing. And uh, God spoke it and it came to be. And that's how Christ did it.
1: Hope that helps Orlando. Okay. Yeah, excellent answer. I, I appreciate that. That was uh it's been I, I felt like it was a dumb question, but it's kind of <laughs> lingering, so I was, I was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to call." So, Orlando, um, I'll, any I'll, question
0: I'll, for all of us? Any question that we have is not a dumb question if we don't ask. Because you know, sometimes uh if you have that question, somebody else down the road you may talk to will have that same question and you'll have the answer. You know, I know a lot of times people um they, they say, well, I'd be a Christian, but I can't reconcile evolution. Well, when you really examine what evolution is, and it's just a religion with no facts, this is where the problem comes from. As an example, for evolution to be, and this is just the number one thing for everybody to remember, you need to have transitory, transitional life forms. There are none. Not fossilized, not living. And there shouldn't be just one piece of a bone that they find in a cave that they somehow magically carbon date, uh, you know, 15 billion years ago. No, there should be billions of these alive today, transitioning, trading up, but they're not there. And this is even what Darwin said. The greatest problem in his whole theory was there was not the transitional, uh, transitory life forms. Transitional, um, um, again, from going from one species to another. Now, is there adaptation or is there modification in a species? Absolutely. We have different kinds of dogs, big horses, small horses, all these things. But when it comes to a horse turning into a giraffe, that's what you don't find. And there's no fossil records for it. So then evolution becomes nothing more than a religion without fact. Now, this, friends, is important because there are factual evidences for what we believe as Christians. But when it comes to evolution, there are no facts. Oh, they try to make them, but I've read their arguments. Listen, that would never, ever hold up in a court hearing. We think, we believe, uh, throw a couple extra billion years in there and magically what we believe happens. No, sorry, that doesn't make it happen, and your fossil records prove they're not telling the truth. So no, Orlando, I think when we got a question, we need to ask it, because down the road, no doubt, somebody will ask us the same question. Stay in line, send you out some books, some DVDs, the movie Jesus that we're giving away right now, Christmas present to everybody, and uh, Orlando, stay on line, will get you taken care of. Let's go to Nuberto in California. Hi, and welcome. Hello? Hi. Yes.
3: I have a, a question, uh, but it's a little bit funny. Let me just say it. Um, I, I volunteered to go talk to prisoners. Wonderful. To, to bring them to Jesus Christ. Wonderful. And a pastor on a TV one time was saying that if you give me this particular prisoner, this particular prisoner, I'll do this to them. This one should be killed. This one should be whipped. And I'm listening to it, and then finally it was, he was taken off the air. And yet, that message was put out, and a lot of prisoners were looking at that like, whoa, what was that about? And I thought that when Jesus said that he came, why were we as sinners? He died for us, and we are declared not guilty. And as far as the east and from the west and the highest mountain, our sins are no more. And I tried to instill this in those prisoners that no matter what you did, Jesus said, I died for that. Amen. And I'm willing to give you another chance. Amen. And I wish... Uh, other pastors, and I'm, not, I'm not a pastor. I'm just a, a layman, as you say. And uh, that they, they should be turned around and preaching the same thing instead of pushing out hatred in between what they're teaching.
0: No, I, I think I think you got to. I think you did good. I think you have to tell. You know, I think we have to tell the truth. I think for a lot of many many millennia, uh, you know, the church has not been honest. Certainly, if you look at the early years of the Catholic Church, burning people at the stake because they were trying to get the Bible into the hands of the people in a language they understood, like Haas and some of these other people, there's no excuse for the stuff that, that has been done, sometimes in the name of Jesus. But when we, when we realize that, you know, it uh, doesn't matter what we've done, we've been forgiven. Yeah, there's consequences in societies and governments that we have around the world, people incarcerated. I remember uh, one um, one time a a guy went to speak, and he says, you know the difference between you, speaking of all the people in the prison, and me? He says, you got caught. We've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And I believe, Roberto, when we reach out to people where they're at, let them know that they can have a great eternity, just as Jesus offered that to the thief on the cross. I believe that this is the hope that lies within us, which is Jesus Christ. Your thoughts? Jeff
2: yeah, so I was saved in juvenile detention center. I was 16 years old. I was in a lot of trouble, very troubled uh, kid and uh, I had never heard the gospel in my life and I' had done some bad things. I'd broken my parents' hearts I, you know I had no high school I was I was just uh, headed nowhere fast and uh, really rushing headlong into hell and I heard the gospel for the first time in juvenile home the third night that i was there and when i heard it i just knew uh, that god was talking to me and that if i gave my heart to christ he would forgive me and that was when i was 16 and when i did that it began to change my entire life i remember going back to my cell that night just feeling like i was floating on top of the world this burden that had been on me was lifted The weight of sin was lifted and guilt was lifted. I asked the guard to leave my light on in my cell so I could read the little New Testament, the good news for modern man that this uh, preacher had given to me. And for the very first time in my life, I read about what Jesus did, what he taught. And I gave my heart to him that night. I gave my life to him that night. And I prayed this prayer. Lord, if there's anything you can do with the mess I've made of my life, I give my life to you. Well, I became a pastor. I've been a pastor my entire life. I got all kinds of college, a gym, bachelor's, master's, doctorate. I made up for lost time. But the main thing is because I heard that gospel of hope and that gospel of forgiveness, my entire life was changed. So, Noberto, just uh, tell them the truth. It doesn't matter Listen, I heard that Jeffrey Dahmer got saved. You know, that's what I heard. And I do know that, um, for instance, Pastor Jim Simbola, Brooklyn Tabern- Tabernacle Church in New York, uh, was able to witness to a serial killer and leading to Christ. And so always share that gospel. It's the message of hope.
0: It's the only message of hope. Hope that helps, Roberto.
2: Yeah. But I'm
3: seventy
0: years old and I decided to follow Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Novetro, I'm going to send you some some uh, some helps there that you might really like. Uh, if they minister to you in certain ways, you need more of them, please just let us know. We'll do our very best to to help you. but uh, we'll send you the movie Jesus, uh, uh, God of Wonders. Now these can be in either e- English or Spanish or they can be. I think they're in at least 25 other languages. And so you can choose the language you want to use there, but great for evangelism. And then some other books, DVDs, I think you'll enjoy. So just let us know and, and, uh, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Okay. Okay. God bless you. Keep going. We win. We read the book. Let's go to Barbara, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Hi, uh, yes. I am just wondering, I am a Christian,
4: but,
5: um, is there a preference on what Christians should do? Should, should we get married, or is it okay to get cremated? I can't find the answer in the Bible. I don't know.
0: Well, again, we've had, we get this question every once in a while. And again, uh, cremation was not a biblical practice. It, it came from really Middle Eastern religions. Um, the, the reason why we don't find cremation in the Bible, the Jewish people, because we were created the image of God, going back to Genesis chapter 1, um, there was respect for the body being it was in, in the creation in the image of God. So this is why it was allowed to be buried and just decomposed naturally. Now, fire just kind of speeds that up, of course. But there's a, there's a little bit more to it than just that. I had a friend that uh, ran uh, locally the cemetery here, and he said that it appeared to him, after running it for many, many decades, he said, Mike, it seems that the people who were cremated and their ashes were sprinkled, they just didn't deal with death, uh, especially the young kids like there was, if there was a headstone where, you know, grandma was buried and, and all that. And so I don't know your thoughts, Jeff.
2: Yeah. I don't think the person, uh, a person has sinned if they have a loved one them cremated. I don't believe that at all. Um, it does accelerate the natural process. Like if we were to go and somehow find the bodies of Paul, Peter, James, John, the apostles, um, they would be ashes. They would be ashes, every bit as much ashes as if they had been cremated. Uh, I will uh, agree with Mike on this one thing, though. Uh, I think it's important to be able to visit a grave site. Uh, there's something about it that brings closure. You can take your children to see the grave of a, of a loved one that passed away. It, it says to them, it teaches them that the end comes for us all. And, uh, th- this cemetery, this graveyard, uh, testifies to that. And here's where, you know, mom was buried or dad was buried. And so there is a, a closure and, and a, it just, it just helps in the healing process. That said, again, I don't believe that you have committed a sin. If you have somebody cremated, or even if you uh, ask that your own body be cremated, I don't think that's a sin. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I'm very glad that my uh, my dad, for instance, uh, uh, I can go visit him. I can visit my late wife. Um, I can visit other loved ones who have gone on and they're buried, and I can go to their tombstones. And uh, just for reflection, it matters, but it's not a sin. And I hope that helps,
0: Barbara. Absolutely. We go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross, not because we're cremated or not cremated or anything else. Hope that helps. That yeah, does. Thank you very much. in if you like, send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy Barbara. And with that, we will go to Robert, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, welcome.
3: Hello, Pastors. Hi, how may we... Uh, thank you for what y'all do. Thank you for what y'all do. Take pray blessings over you i got two questions two questions one one is um uh, uh, on the transgender if a, if a person changes their identity physically and then sometimes on the line they realize and they repent and ask for forgiveness are they able to go to heaven
0: well i believe of course i i think god will forgive us for anything and man i'll tell you talk about stupid people decisions that people make when they're in sin wow we. I mean, it's not just there. There's all kinds of dumb decisions that we as humans will make to try to find some kind of fulfillment in life, uh, rather than turn to God. But when we turn to God, we realize that yes, in fact, those were just uh, mirages out there that promised me some kind of happiness that never delivered. Jeff, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, the whole transgender thing is just a nightmare. It's just one of the greatest deceptions propagated uh, via at least our culture. In the history of our country, uh, so diabolically, even the little children are being encouraged to consider whether or not they may actually be, uh, something contrary to the gender they were born with. So they're making decisions that are, that are, uh, you can't go back and fix them. They're making decisions to have, uh, genitals removed, to have uh, breasts removed. It's, and then uh, I read about a, a transgender this week who uh, has now become a young adult. They said, my life has been completely destroyed because I was lied to when I was younger and very confused. But yes, God can forgive it. And we need to pray that this incredible deception is shut down in our
0: country. Amen. Coming up on a break, everyone, don't go away. We'll have more to every minute and answer coming up right after this. We'll be right back.
4: So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for healthcare, And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true, the typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, they'll waive your new member fees, and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited-time offer. You have to sign up before December 31st great savings great health care find out more call now 855-91-BIBLE that's 855-91-BIBLE 855-91-BIBLE
6: the meaning of christmas is all about the miracle of life when christ came to earth as a baby to bring life to all pre-born pregnancy clinics share the miracle of life every day as they meet women in crisis pressured to end their unborn baby's life And every day, Preborn rescues 150 babies' lives by introducing babies to their mothers via ultrasound. But that's only the beginning. Preborn shares Christ with them and offers assistance for up to two years after birth, all for free. And this miracle of life often saves the baby and the mother. When
0: I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life
6: would be without her. To learn how you can help rescue a baby's life, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life.
0: Back to part two of Every Minute Answer here on this Wednesday afternoon with Jeff Wickwire from Turning Point Church. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And uh, we had to break. Uh, Jeff, you were talking about, um, well, you know, it's interesting. In the book of Genesis, male and female, God created them. And yet we find man tempering, tampering again with God's creation. Your thoughts?
2: It's true. And the tragedy of Mike, it's just going off the rails. Uh, it's going far beyond... I think where most people thought it would go, uh, we're literally having, uh, children uh, mutilated, uh, damaged for life, no return, can't go back, irredeemable in the sense that they can't uh, take their body back to the way that it was. Um, and this, I think what gets me is, you know, we got this whole thing, drag queens going into public libraries and reading stories to children, um, Allowing the children to come in contact with people who are extremely confused about their sexuality and walking in perversion, literally allowing them to groom the children to uh, head towards a perverse lifestyle. and uh, But even more than that, uh, we have teachers in schools, and I, and I have the utmost respect for Christian teachers. We have incredible Christian teachers on the front lines. And I admire them or respect them. Uh, thank God they're there, but you have school administrations, Mike, who are literally uh, helping children to transgender, to switch genders, and keep it from the parents. I know, and we know this is happening all over the country. It's, it's documented over and over and over again. And um, you know, you have you have transgender teachers who are who are teaching things to the children uh, per their lifestyle to make it normal, to normalize this kind of life. And um, so I think one of the really diabolical things going on, and I mean diabolical, I mean really satanic, is this whole push, and the current administration is completely behind it, to just push normalizing perversion, and I'll go ahead and say normalized mental illness. And it's happening in, in this transgender situation. Now, does, does God love them? Absolutely. Can he forgive it? Yes, he can. But you talk about consequences that are irreversible. The transgender, uh, the person that gets the operation, that is irreversible. They can be forgiven, but they will never be able to undo the consequences and, Mike, is just based on on a lie. You know, you wake up, what, an 8-year-old is going to wake up and say, you know, I, I just kind of think I'm a girl. And then you go to school, and the teachers are forced to address you per that pronoun. And um, the parents are kept from it. And uh, there's all these things going on. Our children, Mike, are under attack. And that's what gets me. Little kids, uh, elementary school. Of, are under attack and being brainwashed and and propagandized with this stuff and it really the church needs to start standing up and addressing this and calling this out because it's 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 a form in my opinion of child sacrifice yeah, or
0: worse I mean again, yeah. at least at least the the child was dead these poor kids have to live with these um pressured Decisions that have been placed upon them for the rest of their life—that's the really life. cruel. And Not so, yeah, we're we're living in some very, very strange times. Who would that, ever have it? Yeah, it, th- that that it would even be considered as normal. Yeah, that that to me, what is so weird. But that's what the Bible says: what is evil is good, and now what good is evil. Did they it stand up true. for anything mor- moral? Oh, you're evil. You're you're a narrow-minded fundamentalist. But you you can sit there and butcher babies and butcher children, and this is all normal in the democratic world. Okay, everybody, hold on to your car keys. You ain't seen nothing yet because they never stop. Now, you better understand this. Sin is not static. Now, you say, what does that mean? Sin does not remain neutral. It continues to progress and progress and progress until it eats, devours, and destroys everything in your life, everything in your country's life, everything in the world. Because Satan hates human beings. And the quicker we understand what God's word says about that, the quicker we're going to understand that we are in a battle Against the powers of darkness. Jesus very clearly said that when a person becomes demon-possessed, oh, they're, they're not so much better for it. They're suicidal. They're, they're, they're insane. They can't think. They can't function. When you look and see what is in the devil's play bag, the drugs, the alcohol, the booze, all these things that destroy human beings, remember, Satan and his demons hate us. Why? We are created in God's image. God's going to make human beings a little lower than the angels, the Bible tells us. Didn't bother Lucifer and his demons at all. But then the Bible says he's going to elevate us above the angels and call us his bride. I believe this caused such an outrage in heaven that a third of the stars fell with Lucifer. And I believe every time the devil and the underworld looks at human beings, he just says, destroy them all. Well, when you look back through the history of ages, you look at Adolf Hitler, you look at the gas chambers, you look at the wars through the history of man, yep, Satan's handiwork shines everywhere is how much he hates human beings. Don't ever buy into the chili of the devil. It'll kill you every time. Robert, stay on line. We'll send you out some books and DVDs, okay? Pastor, Pastor, I got one more question. Sure. Okay. Uh, and, uh,
3: on, on John nine thirty one, when it says, uh, we know that God does not listen to sinners, he listens to godly persons who does his will. Um, you know, someone had told me, well, aren't we all sinners? So how would he listen to us?
0: Well, Jesus, remember, the Jesus had two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. He said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like everybody else. I, I thank you, God, that I'm not like that sinner over there. I tithe and I give all my money and I do this and I, 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 the guy had a problem. But he said, the other man wouldn't even look up to heaven, but he beat on his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, that's the man that went away from the temple in right standing. You see, it's when we approach God thinking we are something, when in fact we are nothing, no good thing dwells in the flesh. I'm not better than anybody else. I'm just forgiven. And the minute that a person thinks they're better than somebody else because they don't do their particular sin, they are a liar and they're lying to themselves and everybody else. Because no good thing dwells in the flesh. You see, if I see somebody overtaken in a fall, the reason I may see that is to go up, put my arm around him and say, bro, how can I get you out of this sin? Not, oh, you rotten, stinking sinner. That's what they did to Jesus. Jesus, why do you eat with the publicans and the sinners, they said. Jesus looked at him and said, the sick ones are the ones who need the doctor. But for some reason, the religious people never got that. And even so today, when we see people overtaken in a fault, it's not, wow, God, I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to do everything I can do to shield them. No, Let's exploit their sin. Let's let everybody know. Let's get it on the Jesus Gossip Network and let everybody... That's from the pit of hell, friends. And um, wrap it in as many Bible verses, wrap it in as much Jesus-isms as you want. It's still sin and it's still wickedness. And that's what the Bible says. Seven things, six things the Lord hates and the seventh are abomination to him. And one of them is one who spreads discord... Among the brethren, really important, A gossipy tongue, all these things listed. That's what God hates. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you'll notice, God, real quickly, that said when he quoted, he just healed by Christ, but he had limited understanding. He didn't know what Jesus was going to do as far as dying for our sins on the cross. He just said, "We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone's a worshiper of God and does His will, He hears him." Well, that, that's kind of true, but what Jesus did was by his shed of blood, that's what gives us boldness to go to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in the hour of need. We come boldly when we're washed in the blood of the Lamb. We come Amen. in the righteousness that the blood of the Lamb gives us, not our own works.
0: Amen. Hope that helps. Thank you. Yes, it does. Robert Stanlein send you out some books, some DVDs, the movie Jesus you'll really enjoy. Great for the particular this time of the year. Great for evangelism, Stan We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Denise Shy in Wyoming.
5: Hi. Hi. I have a question about um, well, one of the other people were talking and it came up. Um, so if somebody says the sinner's prayer when they're nine, and then they go on and they they try to be good and then um, they sin, I mean, really bad, and then, um, you know, then they repent, and then they go on life, and then they sin worse, and then they repent, and then go on with life. Is, is that um, like a false convert, convert or would that be
0: just that we're sinners? Sounds like, like a Christian to me that needs to grow up. Your thoughts, Jeff?
2: Yeah, uh, I've been reading First John lately. One of the key statements that John repeats over and over is that if you love God, you will keep his commandments. If you love God, you will keep his commandments. And uh, that's in First John. If you go to Second John, uh, he talks about the necessity of walking out the doctrines of Christ, living the doctrines of Christ, which just means the teachings of Jesus. Now, one of the... Clear evidences of somebody genuinely saved is they want to please God and they have a consciousness of sin. They care about sin. They are convicted over sin. Now, when you're first born again, you're like any little kid that's, uh, you know, is learning how to walk and you fall and you skin your knee. And uh, your, your parent doesn't come up and say, well, you know, that's the third time this week you skinned your knee. I'm disowning you. Get out of here. I hope you find another home that's not it the parent picks them up pulls them puts a band-aid on it and says you'll learn our spiritual walk is is kind of the same when we first start out we don't know what we learn later we're we're newbies in the truth of god Uh, we don't know all that we're going to understand later and we, we stumble and fall we make mistakes we're immature but god's plan is that you grow day by day week by week month by month year by year we grow into the fullness of the stature of Christ. So this person you're talking about that uh, gets right, repents, and then goes and sins badly, repents, gets right, and then goes and sins even worse. I would have to frankly see them, know them, to be able to, to pass any kind of a, um, uh, you know, educated judgment on what's going on with their life. I don't know who they are, what sins they are. Uh, uh, actually committing. I do know, and I'll say this, Denise, our generation right now, churches in the West, are plagued with false conversions. We think just going into an altar, filling out a card, praying a prayer, uh, you know, gets us saved. Now, praying the prayer may get you saved, but if you got saved, it's going to show. It is going to show. You're going to have a hunger for the things of God. You're going to care about what God cares about. You're going to show evidences of forsaking sin. Uh, you're going to be, uh, it's going to be known. We used to sing a song, if you're saved and you know it, say amen. And then you know, the song will go on. If you're saved, it'll show. If you're saved, it'll show. And so it may show imperfectly, but there's going to be evidences that you've been truly saved. So again, I don't know the person, but I think we need to be very careful in our churches these days that we preach repentance and not just some formulate prayer where somebody just mimics it and then sits down and fills out a card and assumes they're saved. If there's no change, they weren't saved.
0: Yeah, and without a, a message of repentance along with that salvation message, I, I, I don't know if they're really born again. Because uh, it's, it, we have to repent, uh, the Bible tells us. Um, uh, you know, change the direction you're going. Because the way we live our lives, we're trying to find purpose for living. That's the whole reason we, we live our lives the way we do everyone. Uh, and, and the thing is, when we finally realize that all the things that I do will never satisfy that longing in my soul for my purpose of existence here on this earth. It's only found in God. Then I, I then I, I believe that's when when we become born again. But even Jesus talked about the word of God s- sown on on stony ground. You know, uh, it springs, but there's no soil; it dies. Uh, and these, this is one of the great problems that we have today. But uh, there's there has to be a message of of uh, repentance, and that's that's not mentioned. Jesus said, you know, uh, uh, that. We, we cry, our Father which art in heaven. That means we have a relationship as, like we would with our dad, daddy in heaven. Hear me, Paul says, no longer I that live, but Christ who lives within me. But to have one foot in 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 the body of Christ and the other foot in the in 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 the world, um, you're going to love one and hate the other, hate one, love the other. The Bible says you can't serve two masters. So I really believe that it has to go back to that real recognizing our who we are in christ hope that helps
5: i have one more question sure so in in the old testament when god uh, condemned a people if there were people that were in in that country that believed um the that god was is god were they destroyed too i mean were did are they going to be going to hell too
0: no it, and remember this just because um <clears throat> just because um there's a, a war or a catastrophe and good people die doesn't mean they go to hell um uh, we we realize that that we're seeing more and more of this as we watch even our news we we see People that are gunned down in the streets, or um, you know, well, you got to take away everyone's gun. Well, what about the guy that gets a rental, rental truck and drives it through a bunch of uh, people on bicycles? Well, are, are we gonna are we gonna take away vehicles from everybody? You see, it isn't the gun, or it isn't the vehicle; it's the heart behind uh, whatever these things are. But we, but see, instead of blaming man's dark, filthy heart, we we want to blame the gun, or we want to blame something else. Well, it isn't that, friends. If they can't get a gun, they'll use a knife. If they can't use a knife, they'll use a fuel truck. If you can't get a fuel truck, they'll use a rental truck. Yeah, it, it, You know, it doesn't matter. Remember, the, the, the Twin Towers were brought down, not with guns, with, with box knives, everyone. Remember, don't forget that. So the thing is, anything can become a weapon in the heart of a person who does not know God. So we have to understand this is where we're at. But do good people die in these kinds of things that love God? Yes. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and unjust. I, it, it's it's a tragedy. It won't always be that way under the millennial reign of Christ. But right now in this world that we live in with all of its injustices, yeah, we see that. That doesn't mean as an example, every person who died in the flood at Noah's time went to hell. I believe maybe the children um, the, you know, that were not to the age of accountability, I, I expect to see them in heaven. I think those that were older and knew full on well what they were doing, the wickedness they were doing, yeah, they're going to be punished forever. Uh, I, I believe that's the same way it is today. We, we see this around the world. Uh, and I, I believe this is why, again, today is the appointed day of salvation. Not later, not tomorrow, today. We may not see tomorrow. So we got to be ready today. Denise, I hope that helps. That sounds
5: good. Thank you so much.
0: God bless you. Stay in line. We'll send you out the books, DVDs. I think you'll enjoy them. Barry, Columbia, South Carolina. Hi.
5: Yes.
1: Hey, Mike. Uh I I'd like uh, uh if you could answer between you and Jeff you know the bible tells us to love the lord with all our mind body and soul mm-hmm. and, and the spirit died I know you know and we had to be born again and born of a new spirit you know but what is the body what is the spirit and what is the soul is is the is the soul your emotions is is the spirit your mind
0: yeah, yeah, I, I, I tend to lean more towards the body being the fleshly part of us, the soul being our mind, our reactions, our thought patterns, and then the spirit, which died in the garden. Jesus said, "Marvel not." John chapter three. You must be born again. You got to get that spirit born back into you to govern the mind or the the soul, and to govern the body, because without the spirit there. The flesh does whatever it's want, and even the mind knows that what it's doing is wrong, but it has no power to stop it. Talk to an alcoholic. Do you know your drinking is killing you? Oh, yes, yes, I know that. Do you want to stop drinking? Oh, yes, yes, I do. Will you stop drinking? No, no, I won't. See, so we need that, Jeff.
2: Yeah, we are tripart. That is body, soul, spirit. One of the best verses that show that First Thessalonians five twenty three Now may the God of peace Himself Sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless in the coming world of our Jesus Christ. So, the body, yes, is what we feed, is what we walk around in. It's, uh, Peter called it our tent. And, uh, so there's the body, it's, it's our physical being. But then the soul, suke, is the Greek word. It means mind, will, and emotions. Uh, your soul is. Uh, the, the seed of your, your feelings, uh, your emotional life, um, your affections, this kind of thing, and also your mind, your intellect. Uh, that's the soul. Pneuma is the spirit, and it's the spirit that is touched by the Holy Spirit when we're saved. Uh, when we say, Jesus, forgive me, come into my heart, be my savior and Lord. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians two, verse one, you who were dead in trespasses and sins, has he quickened? So what quickened? What what, what did he quicken? Well, it was our spirit that was dead and trespasses and sins. And that spirit is for the first time in your entire life made alive. And then from then on, it is through the spirit that we fellowship with the Lord. Paul actually told one of the churches, may the, Uh, the fellowship of the Lord be with your spirit. Be with your spirit. We, when you read the Bible, it's your spirit man that is edified. It's the spirit that, uh, experiences the peace of God. And now, yes, God can calm your emotions, uh, but that happens after your spirit has received and experienced God's peace. So I believe it's the, the, the spirit is our core, the core of our being. It is the way we fellowship with God. It is how God communicates with us. He quickens our spirit. He speaks to our spirit. He nudges our spirit, man. And then, of course, then we follow through in our soul and with our body. So, yes, we are three-part, and those are the differences. But it is difficult to separate soul from spirit. And the Bible says that it's only the Word of God that can do that. Uh, is the Word of God's quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword? piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit. So there you go. Amen. And uh, that's I—that's the way I view the entire man. Hope that helps. It does. I think that
1: settles my mind. I've pondered that question for many years, and uh, I think you'll answer
0: this. Well, it. Well, it's really great when all three work together. It's absolutely miserable when they don't. You know, uh, again... You talk to an alcoholic. Do you want to stop drinking? Yes. Will you? No. Uh, why? Well, there's no There's no will inside the person to stop. The brain can't tell the body, hey, you, you don't need the alcohol. You need a spiritual overhaul. You need that spirit of God inside of you to give you that strength. Mary, stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. Merry Christmas to you. Let's go to John in Clarkson, South Carolina. Hi, welcome.
1: Hey, good evening, sirs. I had a question for y'all in regards to Revelation chapter 7. Um, there is a paragraph, I believe it starts in um, around, I think, uh, sentence 9, 15. But it talks about um, when John was taken up to heaven and shown uh, the vision, and he saw um, everybody worshiping in white at the throne and the 24 elders and the four living beings. And he said, one of the 24 elders asked him a question. He said, he saw a multitude of people too great to count. And he was asked, Do you know who these are? And his reply is, Sir, I don't know who they are. You know, tell me. And he said, These are the ones taken out of the Great Tribulation. Well, it says that in, in the, New, in the uh, King James Version. When you go to the Living Bible, it says these are the ones that died in the Great Tribulation. And I don't think that's a correct interpretation out of the Living Bible. I believe they, definitely the King James is the more accurate. I wanted your your gentleman's opinion on that. And to me, those people should be the ones that were raptured out of the Great Tribulation.
0: Yeah, no, it is absolutely not those that are raptured. It's very clear that it implies that they were martyrs. Your thoughts?
2: They were. They... Martyrs. And um, I think the 24 elders that we see there are really uh, illustrative of the church itself, uh, because we don't know exactly who they were. We don't know why they're uh, distinctly pointed out that way, unless they're illustrating uh, something that we're going to understand. That, that is, those that, that were martyred in the tribulation period, um, they do receive um A a martyr's crown and, uh, you know, they gave their life. They, they stood against Antichrist, stood against the evil of the world, uh, the deep evil that'll be there in the uh, great tribulation. And so God points them out, but I do believe personally, they very possibly represent just all of those that were martyred and have gone into heaven, uh, as martyrs and they're going to receive, uh, like I said, the martyr's crown. honor for it. That's that's what I believe it is. Yeah,
0: and if you go to um, uh, again, Revelation chapter 6, you'll find that as well substantiated. Well, God bless everybody. Good night.
4: To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226. Or write us, To Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash TEMA. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station.